the shortcomings of being transparent on YouTube. So I frequently do community posts where I make jokes, but I also occasionally have them where like I explain what I'm doing, what I'm thinking with my content and why I'm doing it and whatnot. And I always get these comments where they're like, why are you so much just about the money? Why do you only care about the views? Or someone be like, I don't like that you're only about, you know, promoting your content and stuff and you aren't doing it for the love of it. And I always say to these people, every YouTuber that you watch has these exact same thoughts, thinking about how to get their content in front of the most people possible. That's why they're successful. The only difference is I am far more open and honest about it than other people. I keep you in the loop as to what I'm doing and why. I'm very transparent. And I recognize that this is dumb to do. I sincerely doubt there is a single person who is only watching me for that level of transparency, that unnecessary level of transparency. But I receive comments all the time from people who say, I'm not gonna watch you anymore. I don't like this about you. In some cases, I've talked to people and they've directly said, yeah, even if other YouTubers are like this, I don't like being reminded that YouTubers are like this. Anytime that you open your mouth to speak, to give your perspective on things, you have both the ability to draw people to you because of what you said and to ward people away on the same basis. And I've received enough of these comments now that I'm going to be more careful about what I talk about in community posts. Rambles will still be the same because I'm expecting if you guys are clicking on these videos, you are here specifically for my perspective on stuff. You want me to get into the nitty gritty and explain things in this sort of detail uh, to see behind the curtain of YouTube and whatnot. But I don't think community posts is the right place to do a lot of this. Why I'm considering changing rambles on this channel People have told me many times over the years that I should make a separate channel for rambles. I am no longer convinced that the algorithm is good enough to distinguish videos from channels. And so it is entirely possible that my rambles being on my main channel are hurting the reach of my other videos. It's just even in my best years where I was like releasing a chaos episode for a million views then a chaos highlights for 600,000 views. At those times, I was still releasing rambles for like 40K views. And so I looked at that and I said, well, there's no way rambles are stopping my success. There's no way that rambles can stop a good video from having a significant reach. But it is possible that while it doesn't prevent success, it could be hampering the success somewhat. And considering right now my numbers on the back end don't look that good, my videos don't really have the kind of reach that they used to, I'm looking at all these different angles to try to assess what I could potentially doing wrong or what I could do to make things be going better for my videos, uh, my channel, my editors now, and uh, having more people watch my stuff, which I am very proud of. And so one of the things I asked people in a community post was, do you guys want me to move the rambles to another channel? And 50% of people said no, 25% said yes, and 25% said, I have no opinion, I don't know you, whatever. So you know, twice as many people want me to keep them on the main channel as move them, which surprised me. But that could be because people who watch my rambles are more likely to watch all of my content and more likely to engage with my community posts. So there's probably a sampling bias where more casual viewers who don't watch rambles are less likely to vote in community post polls or even get them presented to them. Despite that, I'm probably not going to move them. It's a lot of effort. I can't be sure it would actually work to achieve anything. And I'm pretty convinced that on a separate channel, the rambles would just get no views and die. Don't forget long-term, your catalog videos will still bring views and money. On YouTube, content fits on a spectrum of what we call evergreen, where an animation of a funny story of you going to the store can be as interesting and funny in 2010 as it is in 2020. But you talking about what Kanye West was doing in 2010 isn't gonna be interesting in 2020. So some forms of content 
don't get repeat views for many decades, while others do. And my rambles fit into the category of not really getting many repeat views. So here is the amount of views that my first 300 episodes of rambles got in the last seven days. So 16,000. That's not a lot. Despite my best efforts to improve this somewhat with new thumbnails and stuff, there's just not a huge audience of people watching these older videos. Like to put this into perspective, I get like 300,000 views a day on like my average day. So this is what? 1% at best. There is a lot of evergreen content in these rambles, but a lot of it is more topical stuff, stuff that's only relevant at the time. You're talking about Ninja moving to Mixer and stuff. So I can understand why it doesn't get those kind of views, but it's hard to imagine that this isn't hurting my channel. Having 300 videos on it that just people aren't really keen to watch. This compares to say Facts and Glitches, which gets 20,000, which is still not an insane amount of views, but it's, it's just some amount of views. You wonder if it could be thumbnail related? Uh, no. I've somewhat kept on top of the changes in the amount of views that have occurred because of uh, me changing the thumbnails, and it's not really mean that significant. Again, if you're doing this only for views and money, it's a very different perspective than for people like me who do it because I like to, regardless of views or money or clicks, etc. This perspective is kind of like a person's going on a road trip and they are carefully planning their fuel, how much food they need, how to get shelter, where they're going to stop on the way to make sure they don't run out of uh, like phone charge and stuff. And someone's like, dude, do you even like going on road trips? What is this? Why are you so obsessed with all these uh, small things here? Like just enjoy the road trip as you go. And it's just like, you could die. Something could go wrong and you would not be able to continue doing road trips because you'd be dead. Or something catastrophic would happen where you lose all your money and you just can't continue. Like you got to plan some things. With YouTube, if you stop thinking, hey, how can I make my content appealing to an audience? Eventually you have to stop. I like doing this so much that I care enough to look at these things. I enjoy doing this so much that I want to continue doing it. So you have to think about the future. This sort of, I'm just gonna live in the moment and do whatever I want, fuck yeah. That attitude is good for like a weekend when you're going out with your mates. It's not good for like your life in existence. And I get these comments sometimes like, oh, you only care about the views. It's not that at all. I like my content and I like what I do and I wanna keep doing it. And if the difference of whether I can do this for the next five years is whether or not I have a second channel with my rambles on it, why wouldn't I just make that change? Well, I'm sure to some people, all I do is sit around all day and play video games. We call these people stupid people. For most of you, I suspect that you have some inkling that the, a lot goes into this to keep this train going. Rambles of a month, are one eighth of my views for that month because the rambles get the overwhelming vast majority of their views over the course of seven days. So it's not like the views they give me is insignificant. It is merely that they don't have longevity on my channel and I'm not sure what to do with that information. At the end of the day, what I'm most interested in is people watching the content that I'm most proud of. And that is not rambles. Rambles has always been filler content to fill in the upload schedule. And if rambles are hurting my channel overall, then they're not really worth keeping around. If they're hurting the content that matters most, not really important. I think that idea of uh, releasing rambles and then removing them is good. But once I do that, right, it's done. Like I can never reverse it. Or maybe just unlist them, sure. Yeah, I could list, unlist them and just leave them in uh, the playlist and see if things change. Yeah, I think I might do that. After a month, I'll unlist them and just leave them in the playlist. A key feature keeping streamers on Twitch. So the bounty board, for those who are unaware, is like Twitch's integrated system 
where they offer you advertising deals, basically sponsorships, if you like. So what my management team does for me, Twitch does integrate into their systems for their partners. The problem with this though, is that at least for me, it's only available like America, UK, Canada, France, and maybe one other place, maybe Germany. So it was never available in Australia. The Bouncy board has existed for at least uh, three to four years now. And despite promises that it would come to Australia, it never came. And it was always a sore spot for me. One of the many ways that Twitch let me down and one of the many reasons why there's no reason for me to be there. You gotta understand for content creators who are like in the US and stuff, this is one more advantage that Twitch has over YouTube. So PokeLols leaks their bounty page on Twitch. Which is funny because I believe Mizkif did the exact same thing a few years ago. And these guys are pretty close, if I recall correctly. So he averages 6,000 viewers per stream. And they're offering him a grand to watch a trailer for Cocaine Bear. $1,000 for watching an audible original The Sandman. I like that audiobook. I've, I've listened to it all. It's very good. Browse Hallmark Keepsake Ornaments. Don't know what this is. Watch another trailer. Audible original. Another trailer. Stream Genshin Impact for one hour, $7,365. Only he's done all these as well. So this money may seem like really, really good money, but for a 6,000 viewer streamer, you can get way more money than this, just with like a normal management team. Because 6,000 viewers is a lot. Does leaking this violate an NDA? No, but I don't think they'd appreciate it. You've got to disclose your bounties, right? It's just he's probably embarrassed by the leaking of the actual numbers that he got. So yeah, somewhat interesting stuff. If you want to look behind the curtain a bit as to what kind of money can be offered to large Twitch streamers. And again, it highlights the difference between Twitch and YouTube. $1,700 for one minute trailer is absurd money. It's hard to imagine they're seeing a return on that, honestly. But guess they know something I don't. $7,000 for one hour of playing a game is crazy. Genshin Impact is a mobile game that is gacha and that it has uh, loot boxes in it and stuff. They make a fuck ton of money. Like if you get hooked into Genshin Impact, you're gonna be playing it for like a year. Think of how much money over the course of a year that you might spend on a sort of pay to play mobile game. A little bit here, a little bit there. Like you wouldn't need to pick up that many people from a live stream of the game to kind of make that money back. It's on console too, yeah, yeah, but it's started on mobile. Like it has the monetization scheme of a mobile game. How a famous brand duped its customers. So there's been a few videos on this Kami Koto knife scam, right? One recently came out by Scott Schaefer. Apparently one came out a long time ago by uh, Shad Adversity. And it was basically that the claims of the quality of these knives is much, much lower than what is being said in these advertisements. And they're massively overpriced for what you're getting. Like they're, they're effectively lying about what these knives are, what they entail and how they're made. The only way that this is relevant to me is I've never been offered one of these sponsorships, but I remember seeing one a long time ago and looking into it just look, looking at their website and being like, this seems overpriced as shit. Those knives look terrible. And so I Googled like buy knife set and I bought myself just a random knife set and that's what's sitting downstairs. And so when I heard this company was a scam, I was like, oh, maybe <laughs> I picked up on that by looking at their website. I don't know. <laughs> Dodged a bullet there. And <laughs> the knives I have downstairs are pretty good. I barely use them though. But uh, yeah, I just found that funny. The quest to complete Mario 64 without using the jump button. So for well over a decade, there has been a person who was trying to remove any A presses in a completion of Super Mario 64. As in, complete the entire game without ever pressing the A button. That's the jump button. Something kind of important to Mario games. I have somewhat followed this, like clicking on the videos and like watching 
how he's removing this particular A-press, but he's been doing this for years. And this content is not really watchable by a casual audience. There is no commentary. Some of the videos will just be like 60 minutes of him spinning around in a circle, moving a particular creature or something. It's not really accessible to a wider audience. But fortunately, Bismuth, a creator that I, I know we're in a Discord with each other, he spent the last year making a series covering the history of the developments of how A-presses were removed from Super Mario 64. And the last episode just came out yesterday. So if you're interested in some really detailed breaking of a very classic game, I highly recommend this playlist. I've only seen the first three episodes, but I will eventually watch the rest. It is crazy how this episode ends with, Because this is no random YouTube commenter. This is Tyler Keeney, the great mind behind the discovery of parallel universes. <laughs> like I just... It's just a funny way to end an episode. And this is when parallel universes were discovered. And he's sincere, like, it's just a very interesting series. I highly recommend watching it. The unfairness of communicating my unhappiness on stream. I often think it is somewhat irresponsible and, what's the word, unfair for me to go on stream and be like, hey, I'm feeling shit. I shouldn't use the wider internet as a way to try to make myself feel better. Or if I do do that, I should, you know, put on a brave face and experience the joy of streaming rather than being like, hey guys, here's the burdens of my life. Can you just like carry those and <laughs> try and help me? Like, it's just, it's just not fair. Every other content creator who has a more balanced life, when they're not feeling well, just goes to their significant other or their friends or has a day, they often goes for drinks, whatever. I can't really do that. And so I just kind of try and do the thing that normally makes me happy, which is live stream, but I find it very hard to shield away my normal feelings. So I am very expressive and I am a very open and honest person. Cause it's not your problem, right? Don't feel bad about it. As you say, if I'm having a shit day, I'll have a better day another day. My issues are more complicated than that, which can be fixed with a few words in a chat. So if you like what I'm doing on stream, watch and chill out. And if you don't, just don't watch and you know, it's good. I appreciate the concern though. Is 4K really worth the extra money? I'll be real with you, having gone from a 32-inch monitor to a 27-inch monitor and 4K to 1440p can definitely tell the difference. Is it a significant difference? It's enough to notice. I think if I move my monitor closer to me, I probably less notice. But certainly, going from curved to flat is, is a huge thing now. Using curved for like a week. Do I prefer curved or flat? Curved is just better. There's no advantage to flat. I mean, I'm sure there's certain curves you can get that'd be overwhelming, but mine was just a slight curve and it's just, it's just better. I guess you'd have to have a pretty large monitor for it to make sense, but... Doesn't Sony have better monitors than Samsung? Sony does not have 4K 240Hz. As said, I wouldn't have gotten a Samsung one if there had been another option. Is the era of movies over? Am I interested in the new Super Mario movie? No. I feel like I've seen everything that movies have to offer at this point. That doesn't mean there can't be a good one that's worth watching. It's just that I can't be fucking out of my way to watch one anymore, you know? Like, TV shows just have so much more time to set up a compelling story. The simple movie three-act structure is just like, eh. Like, the main appeal of movies is like when you want to hang out with your friends and you just want something to do. Go get yourself some dinner and you go watch a movie. I don't have people to hang out with or whatever, so just, I don't watch any movies now. The real reason why I'm speedrunning the Keo Perico Heist. What made you speedrun Keo Perico Heist, despite your utter hatred for GTA Online? 
The main thing I've always hated about GT Online is not being able to play it without being DDoSed and fuck with mod menus. That I can do that now, largely because I'm just playing by myself, makes it more tolerable. That doesn't change how many things in this game make no fucking sense and how garbage this game has been handled. But I like speedrunning. I like progressively getting better at something, reaching for a goal, optimizing things, learning new strats and stuff, and Kaoprico is just short enough and it is in the same world that I've always loved speedrunning for the past seven plus years, but it's a new th aspect of it. I'm actually somewhat annoyed that I've been derailed from again trying to learn GT5 speedrunning. Like I was one sixth of the way done or something. But I'm like, oh, shiny online speedruns. When will I get the final achievement in GTA 5? This being the Colonel Masterminds achievement where I have to do the Doomsday Heist three times without dying with different amounts of people. I was actually talking yesterday about the possibility of doing all achievements part 6. It's just not doable. It's a huge time investment and extraordinarily difficult. Like I would sincerely have to dedicate like a lot of time to it. Five to eight hours for a good completion and... The possibility of someone getting DDoSed or whatever, it's just, it's just too high. It's just not worth it. Like, I don't know how I would make interesting content of me doing the same heist three times. I already have a video on the Doomsday Heist and it's a very good video. Like, I don't, I don't know how I would make that interesting. How my lack of sleep changes my contents. When I'm not sleeping well, I have a very hard time speaking or being funny or moving or interacting with reality in any capacity. I do my best, but I recognize this will be a YouTube video later. And so for the convenience of the person who'd be editing it, whoever that may end up being, if I misspeak, I try and re-say a sentence. Why am I always not sleeping well? Things keep me up. I get stressed about stuff. I stay working on things or waiting for a thumbnail or something. Pushes the sleeping pattern back further and further. And then I have to, like, reverse my sleeping pattern. And those are the times where it really hurts my head. 